Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Um, Welcome to another episode of Classroom Success 101. I'm your host, Josh Roos, and today we have a very special guest, um, his name is Mr. The Man Amen. Uh, that is his Instagram name. He, he is here to talk to us about how to build a positive relationship with parents and students before a problem ever arises. And we're also going to touch base on how detailed lessons can prevent a problematic behaviors. So um, welcome to the show, Nick. Um, how's how's everything going your way? Uh, can you kind of give us a an idea of where you are from in the United States, or if you are in the United States, uh, what area are you at, or if you're in another area, let our listeners know. Thanks for having me, Josh. I, I appreciate it. What you do on Instagram, and also follow uh, your podcast. They've been great. Um, I am from Dubuque, Iowa. It's a town right on the Mississippi River, and it's roughly about 70,000 people. And this is my 14th year teaching. And eight of those years, I taught teaching third grade. And I taught at a very low um, socioeconomic school. And it was 50% white and 50% non-white. And then I also, um, for four years after that, went on to teach at um, a middle school, sixth grade ELA, and that was a very similar socioeconomic status. Um, Over 85% of the kids were on free and reduced lunch. And then in the past two years, I moved middle schools. I actually the school was in my backyard. I'm able to walk to work every single day. So, um, and this is a, is a high performing school, but we know that everywhere there, there can be behavior problems that occur. So that's a little bit of my background. I've been in the game 14 years, eight years in elementary third grade. And then the um, rest of the time, the other four years have been in sixth grade teaching sixth grade reading and writing. That's awesome. Uh, you you kind of you, your your background kind of touches base a little bit with me. I mean, I think you got me beat by a year or so. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, I know behavior problems can arise 
at any different school. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I feel like it is a constant struggle um, each year when um, students come to us. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I, I wanted to start this podcast was to get other people's ideas and, you know, input and what is working with you in your classrooms um, that, you know, that you may be able to share with the audience and so that they can take some golden nuggets back into their classroom to make their classroom an effective learning environment for their students. So what you go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was going to going to say there that I, I think one of the things that I've had the most success with is I uh, try to be, as proactive as possible with with the parents. I am constantly making positive connections with parents. I send out weekly emails that goes out to all 93 of my families that I have, and it just lays out our learning targets, what we've been doing in the classroom. And then I also include a section in there that's called table talk and whatever we're writing a paper about, if we're doing a research paper or whatever we're reading about, it's ways that when parents sit at the dinner table or for breakfast, or if they're in the car on the drive home, just conversations that they can have with their children about what's going on in their class. Cause I'm sure you've had this happen, Josh, where, you ask somebody, what would you do in school today? What's their most common answer? They always say, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. Or, or, or we, we did nothing. Exactly. So, so this is a way for parents to know what's going on in the classroom and connect with them. And they're seeing that I'm reaching out to them weekly and they know what's um, going on in our classroom. And that that's a way that parents feel comfortable with me. I think my emails are very informal, but yet formal at the same time. I like to say I am the most unprofessional professional teacher that I know where I like to have conversations with parents and I like them to refer to me by my first name because we're all a team. We're all, we're all working together and it takes three pieces of the pie, the parent support me having good, strong lessons and the students putting in their best effort for them to be successful. And where that helps with the behavior aspect of it is the first time they're hearing from me, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a negative. And okay. when I make that phone call or if I, or if I send that email, it's, well, we've heard from Mr. Manaman before. We know who Mr. Manaman is. We know what's going on in this classroom and we know what they're learning about. They, it, they're not getting an email. They're not getting a phone call from a stranger. We've already worked together. We've, we've already had that connection. And I found that it's not a, it's not a power struggle over, well, my son or my daughter said they did this or they didn't do that or really um, they did that it was they have my back and and they support me and they're willing to um, to help me out with that with that aspect of that thing. So that's something that I've, I've done to be proactive um, to stop problems before they even start. I, I, I actually like that idea. I mean, that's the first, you know, out of every, you know, my background's more behavior specialist. We worked 
with specific behavior problems and um, within the schools. But uh, definitely, you know, over the years that I've seen, I think um, for the most, I think um, most teachers don't do that. Um, and, and I could be wrong, but the ones that I've, I've experienced with within the, the school districts that I've worked for, um, that never has been a really um, big thing that teachers do. I, I've heard principals touch base on that over the years, but I don't really think it's been a like a, a mandatory. Uh, I definitely like that idea, and I, I, I think that um, cuts out a lot of um, of the unknown. I know working with a lot of parents, their big concern is, you know, what, what's my student doing in class? Um, I, you know, he's failing or he has these behavior problems and nobody's really communicating anything to me. And so it's kind of like that, um, you know, it, it's like a, a big surprise for these parents. And then what happens is I feel like it's a disconnect. So then, you know, I think, parents are, are on the thing with schools calling them because there's a behavior problem or there's always an issue instead of actually starting out, like you said, being proactive and, and providing those positive emails and, and so that they understand what's going on in that classroom. And, you know, two, um, you're actually getting the, 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 the parents involved in the education, um, especially I think when you're working with a uh, low economic title one type of school, um, you know, I think parents struggle in the areas of where their, their students are at within the classroom. You know, what's the subject? Um, I know some parents may not be able to uh, reteach some of those skills or they don't know how to teach those skills to their kids. So I, I, I can definitely see where the impact on that weekly email in that table talk. I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I can, you know, when you're talking to a kid at home and, and you're trying to get them to um, uh, tell you about their school day and that's the very first thing that comes out of their mouth is, I don't know. Yeah. It, it does get <laughs> frustrating. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like how, you know, as parents, how can you get and, and what are the questions as a parent that can they can ask their kid so that they can stay involved and, and, and probe more on more details of what their kids are doing at school? So, you know, like you said, it, it, it needs to be a wraparound effect. It needs to be the teacher, the parent and the student involved. I mean, ultimately, the that's that's one particular child's plan. And, you know, one thing that I know is, is, you know, if I was having a kid that was going through school, I would definitely want to have that plan of what's going on. You know, um, yeah. is there something specific that I can be able to help my child at, at, at the house so that they, um, you know, better their skills within like your classroom. Yeah. So, you know, definitely every... like that. Yeah, every year I, I try to set out a, a new professional goal. And that one actually came about because I had a friend and I had his son in class. And I thought it was going to be an awkward situation knowing somebody for 20 years and then you have their son in class. But 
uh, he would give me a time and would say, I talked to Charlie tonight and understand I'm using a different name, but he said, I talked to Charlie tonight and I talked to Charlie every single night and every single day I ask him, what did you do in school today? And I specifically ask him, what did you do in Nick's class? Or what did you do in Mr. Manaman's class? And every single day he says nothing. So are my tax dollars actually paying you a decent salary? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? So, so him yeah. giving me a hard time actually led to me being more proactive. And I'm, I'm going to make it a point that every week, and sometimes you have short weeks or, or, you get extremely busy. You have 93 argumentative essays you have to grade and, and you don't get to it. But it is always it is always a biweekly thing. And we recently had parent teacher conferences and I had a lot of parents communicate to me how much they like that email and the books that we're reading they've actually either checked out the audiobook or listened to it on youtube or are reading it with their child so they know what they're doing and and they can have those conversations about what's in the story and some other things that that teachers can do that that i found that i really enjoy so my school that i teach at they have what's called good news notes and what they are is, is they're postcards. And the school that I teach at, our district, we start late every Friday. We have um, a two-hour delay where the staff comes in and, and we have uh, two hours of professional learning. And every Friday when we come in, we have these good news notes. And before the meeting starts, we get five to write these good news notes, these postcards, and we address them to the students. And then the principal or a different administrator collects them and in the office. They put stamps on them and they, they send them home. And every single time I've sent one home, I always get a phone call or an email of parents saying how much they appreciate it, the positive connection that through that good news note that that postcard that we sent home so I'm glad that I'm at a PBIS school where we're always focusing on positive behaviors and I really like that our administration is is on board with with putting those things in place so we uh, we can limit those those behavior problems as much as possible yeah and I definitely um, um, like that you know um, one of the big things that I can see where these newsletters or any kind of weekly emails that go home for, for parents, you know, from that perspective, a parent might not know a whole lot of what's going on within the classroom or, you, you know, also I was thinking maybe there's other strategies that you can add to the newsletter as well to help, uh, you know, the parents out. I know one of the big things that, I'm kind of dealing with this year is, um, you know, working with our kids on, we have what, and I don't know, I'm sure y'all have the same thing, but it's called like reading counts where they earn points for okay. reading a book and then they go online and they, they test on this. Um, and, and one of the things that I know talking to parents, especially when it comes to, um, you know, reading at the house and, and parents struggle with reading at the house because their kids don't want to read but I always go back to the, 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 the um, area or the topic of, well, 
do you read at the house? You know, um, one of those things is like, I feel like as a, like a parent needs to model the reading um, and, and, and have a designated time where, Hey, it's, it's, it's family reading time. You know, you're going to yeah. work on your points and I'm going to work on reading and, and, and how effective reading is and why it's so important is that, you know, it's not, you know, your, your teachers are not trying to get you to read just because they're grading upon it. It's reading books throughout your entire life. I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things I feel like um, even in different subject areas, it's something that teachers possibly can add a, a little bit of tips and, and advice for their parents so that they can work through certain um, er, or certain um, subjects with them. Cause I, I think, you know, when you have parents, sometimes they, they struggle with certain um, areas as well. Knowing that from working in the behavior world, it's, uh, these are just kind of questions that I've seen over and over with meetings is they, they struggle in trying to help out certain subjects like math, uh, trying to get their kids to read. Um, and I think they just don't know a whole lot of what they can do, some of the interventions they can provide at the house. Um, so it, it, it's definitely, I, I can definitely see a plus when it comes to um, sending those weekly emails. Now, I know, um, you know, with technology and, and what's out there, um, I know I, I will send an email campaign through some of the stuff that I do with Instagram, um, MailChimps. It's one of those real quick, easy things where you can send out a, uh, a, a mass newsletter to mm-hmm. all your, your, your contacts in your, uh, in your system. Is there something that y'all use specifically at y'all school um, that maybe your school is doing differently from, from other schools? with your email or is it just like a typical school email? It's, it's a typical school email. So I put, I I go through my class list and I put in uh, both the first two contacts on the, on the child's list. And then I just send the email to myself and my co-teacher. And then I put all of the parents uh, email addresses in the blind carbon copy section. So they, so they can't see each other um, for privacy reasons, but yeah, no, I, I don't attach a big, a big fancy email. It's, I sit down at my computer and I think about off the top of my head, I think about what we've been doing. I think about where we're going. I'll, I'll give them some important school information and whether conferences are coming up or tests that are coming up and, and then offer some things that, that they can, they can share. But I I see a lot of great things on Instagram from a lot of teachers that do things like that, that will send out big fancy newsletters or we'll have some type of program. I know that our school district K through six is really big with the seesaw app that Mm -hmm. hasn't, that hasn't made it to middle school yet. But um, I I just have always just done the, the straight, the straight email um, with the blind carbon copy. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's uh, I'm sure that's, that's um, what most people, if they are doing that, that's something that I'm sure they're working with. I mean, there's so much technology out there nowadays I feel like, um, you know, 
I know doing a lot of studies with social media and, and, and figuring out how many people are, are on social media, it's like, you know, I, I feel like there's going to at some point be some kind of transition into where people have maybe some content area of their specific classroom on the social media yeah. site, you know, where a teacher can get on and record a video real quick and, and Hey, you know, you need homework, you need help for homework. This is how you do these type of problems or something like that. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more extra work for the teacher. And, and I definitely understand that. Um, but, you know, I feel like when, when teachers struggle on, on with issues with parents is because I think there's a disconnect there. And um, I, I know I see that with um, some parents that I've worked with in the past, it's it, the communication. It's, it's, it's like once if some correctly, um, you know, they, they kind of get to the point where they're lost and, and that's when a, a parent starts getting frustrated. So um, definitely when I feel like if you have one of those parents that um, is constantly trying to contact and, and getting frustrated all the time, um, what, what I typically do on, on my end is start setting up parent-teacher parent conferences, especially in the secondary um, when there's a lot of – I mean, we have like eight different class periods here. So. Okay. Um, we typically, what I do is I'm like, okay, you're going to have to talk to the teacher. Like let's set up a parent teacher conference. And so that you get all the contact information with the, the teacher, because, you know, from the behavior side of the game, it's hard for me to understand everything that's happening in one classroom at the, at one time. So like trying to keep track of eight different classes, it's much easier for me to get with the, the parent and, and say, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to send you over to the, the ELA teacher and, and we're going to sit down on that end so that you understand what's going on in their class. And then that's where, you know, that specific teacher starts getting to the point where they, they're able to, um, and I definitely like your, uh, your, weekly email because it does definitely keep parents in the know or in the know. Um, and that's where I feel um, where the breakdown is when parents just get frustrated and it's like, you know, you got that angry parent that keeps um, attacking and attacking. And I, I would say the, the, the number one reason is the communication is not there. So, um, definitely like that, even, or definitely like that intervention. Is there any other uh, things that you do specifically as well um, with contacting uh, parents before problems ever arise? Yeah, every every couple weeks, I'll give up a prep and I will just make positive phone calls. So I'll sit down for forty eight minutes and I'll have a list of kids that. I thought did something pretty remarkable or something that they did pretty outstanding. And I'll just uh, pull their name up in the system, call mom or dad and, and just share with them how impressed and, and how, how proud I was of what they did and, and give them a specific 
action or a specific thing that I saw. So it's, it's not very bland. And a lot of times that's mapped out and that's pretty predetermined where you'll have your kids that, you know, have had struggles in the past or are struggling and you don't want every contact to be, to be a negative one. So I'll, I'll reach out to them and I'll share something specifically that, that they did. Um, I know uh, one of uh, my kids, he was having an issue with, with motivation and we took a state state assessment and he grew 28 points, which is unheard of. Wow. And I, and I called the dad just to share the growth and how excited and, and how proud I was of him. And in the back of my head, I was worried about this, this little guy taking a statewide assessment because I thought he'd sit down and I thought in 45 minutes, he would answer 51 questions and he would just guess on every single one and not care. But I really had specifics uh, that he sat down, he used a scratch paper. There was 51 questions. He spent over two hours working on it and here's what his score was in fifth grade and here's what his score is at now and he's jumped from this percentile to now he's in the 80th percentile and and he's right above where his peers need to be and and you know this and it's funny the first thing the dad said to me was I always get nervous when I see the school's number come up because I always wonder, great, what did he do this time? And I'm hesitant to answer. He said, it's finally nice to pick up the phone and, and hear some good news. And I, and I had shared, well, I, I hope you're as proud of him as I am. And I, and I hope you share that with him. And then the next day, the student walked in home base, big smile on his face and, and thanked me for, for calling his dad. And uh, he, he goes, uh, his dad took him to GameStop and finally got him the game he's been begging him to get. So, um, <laughs> you know, stories like that make you smile. They, they make you realize that's that's why you got in the profession. And I uh, was one who when I was in school, I struggled with with behavior where I was always the class clown and, and giving teachers a hard time. Nothing malicious to hurt anybody's feelings, but constantly looking, looking for a laugh and constantly looking for uh, to get positive feedback from my classmates. And really, I was hiding the fact that I was a struggling reader and I really couldn't, I couldn't read all that well. But um, I, I see a lot of myself in some of the kids that are that are really struggling and and I can relate to them and, and understand them and, and I think that's that's helped a lot too with with building those relationships because you go in some teachers classrooms and I'm sure you see this and the minute a student walks in they just nitpick every single thing and mm -hmm. There's really nothing positive being said where I might let some things slide, but let's let's think bigger picture. If mm. am I am I going to go off on him because he hasn't brought a pencil to class two weeks? Am I going to send him to the office because he put his head down and he's refusing to do this work? No, there's there's a reason why this is happening. Let's figure out why this is happening. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's try to solve it. And then 
we move forward. I'm, I feel when you send kids to the office or, or you're quick to um, come down on them when, when something comes up that you're kind of pushing your problems in your classroom onto others where I found that if I deal with, with the majority of them in my classroom, that it, it works out for me better with that relationship with the student in the long run. Yeah, and and I totally agree with that, and it's um it, because I've I've been the person um on the other end of it where you know I've been where we've had our our behavior students that were included within the classroom, but also you know you do get tied into the effect, uh, the the perspective of hey you know you're you're since you're out roaming the halls and making sure your students are, um, you know, doing their thing within their classroom, you know, we do have behavior calls on, you know, the kids that are not in my program and they, they want help with that. And you start seeing it. I mean, you start seeing um, where teachers will, will get really frustrated over like small things um, I know that one of our principals had to sit down in a faculty meeting and really talk about the, the referrals. I mean, we were getting referrals for just any little, you know, problematic thing. And they really don't look justifiable when they're written down on paper. It was more in the moment of the, the, the teacher was very upset and just frustrated um, and, but the, the, the one thing with it is all those referrals, I know in the state of Texas, that that's data that gets recorded and, and that goes to, um, you know, the, the Texas education agency, which okay. everything gets put back on, um, in the end, you know, it's all data, 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 and that's how our schools get graded. And so it's one of those things that you definitely see. Um, a lot of, and I feel like when that is happening, we have teachers that, like I like to say, they don't know what they don't know yet. Um, yeah. And it's, they need training in specific areas of, uh, of certain um, classroom management areas. And it's sometimes it's some of the new teachers um, that you, you, you see a lot of, I know, I know our, like, it happens big time when we're, we're talking or when we're working with uh, substitute teachers. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it is like the spike of behavior problems just jump uh, massively whenever, um, you know, substitute teachers in there. And, and it, it's hard for, like, I feel like even, even sometimes when you do have very good classroom management, it's like, Oh, the teacher's out. Um, you know, it's like a free day for the kids. Um, but I think if you put certain tools in place for uh, your substitute to be able to have classroom management, um, you know, and, and utilize some kind of reinforcements within the classroom, I think it will, you know, deescalate some of the behavior problems. Do you have any kind of like tools or anything that you use when you're out for substitutes? Um, to, to better manage their, their um, classrooms that you go with? It's, it's funny. I'm, I'm chuckling here on my end. I, I, hope that, I hope that doesn't come across in the podcast. But um, believe it or not, I actually was, I just came back to work a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, I had foot surgery. I had a bunion removed and I wasn't able to walk for four weeks. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I did is I was very open with the kids and I was, I also let my parents know that I was, I was going to be gone as well. And I set those high expectations up for the kids and I flat out told them I'm going to be gone I told the sub specifically, please write down the names of any students. And then I listed problematic behaviors that we've had and let them know or let me know what had happened. And I will connect with them when I get back. And I also shared with them that when I back, there's going to be a class period where it's going to be your choice. Whatever your class wants to do, we will do that. If you want to bring in snacks from home and watch a movie, we can do that. If you want to bring in your Nintendo Switch or your tablets and play games, we can do that. If you want to bring in board games from home, we can do that. But it was the students that decided what they wanted to do. And I was very upfront with my students that... When I get back, if their name was on that list of students that struggled, that they will not participate in that day. And I will take them up to the library and I will reteach the behaviors that they were struggling with while I was away. And out of 93 students, I only had three kids that had issues that I need to that I needed to do the reteaching with. Now if it's an absence where I'm sick and the kids don't know about it, I have routines and things put in place. I think sometimes where teachers go wrong or where substitutes go wrong is you'll try to teach a new skill and when students get frustrated, sometimes they, there will be behavior problems. So if I'm gone, I will set up a review. I'll set up something online. Um, some websites I use is there's a scholastic story starter. That's good for writing. There's some grammar websites called no red ink and quill.org, which allow them to do some writing, but also correct some work and maybe do some reteaching on, on adjectives or commonly confused words such as there, there, there. And then I also have some, reading websites that I use called newsella or newsela.com and readworks.org. So the students will sign on and they'll see their daily plan and they'll see their checklist and, and they'll work through uh, those, they'll work through those, um, those plans for the day. And the teacher is pretty much there uh, just supervise and the students know the work. It's just reteaching some of the standards that, that they needed to do. And it, and it really, it really cut down on a lot of the behavior problems while I was away. That's, that's uh, definitely good to hear. I mean, and, and that's some of the struggle I've seen that too, where teachers are out and, and sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes it's, it, it, it happens throughout the year and, it's uh, one of those things that, um, you know, if I feel like if you don't prepare for that as a teacher, like if you know you're going to be out and you got to realize that 
you're going to have to walk back into that classroom. And, you know, if it's been out of control for six, seven weeks or how long you've been out, um, I mean, you, you're, you're starting from square one from there. Yeah. So um, those are definitely some good ways to be proactive um, uh, for sure. I mean, definitely. So I, I think a, lo- a lot of the mistakes teachers make is we assume too much of our students. We, we assume they know how to interrupt a conversation. We assume they know how to, how to follow directions. We assume they know how to leave the classroom and, and go use the bathroom, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes you have kids that walk into the classroom that have never been taught the social skill of how to get an adult's attention when they're in a conversation. So we teach a lot of those at the front end of the year and we are constantly reteaching them. So every single time we come back from a break, my kids get annoyed with me because they know the first thing we're going to do when we get back from break is I am going to reteach our class expectations. We come back from Thanksgiving break. They know the first lesson is reteaching classroom expectations. We come back from winter break, teaching classroom expectations. When we get back from spring break, I'm planning on doing the same thing, but that's just letting them know that this is our learning environment. This is our classroom environment here. And here are the things that we need to do for our classroom to run well. And here are the things that you need to do in order for you to be successful and allow everybody in here to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's key. I mean, it's, it is definitely, I, I um, reteach expectations. Um, I, I, I try to, um, you know, go over that a lot with um, teachers. And it's one of those things that I know for me um, this, this past semester, I got the, or I got, you know, asked to teach a sixth grade social skill success mm-hmm. type class. And, um, you know, it, what, what the struggle was, was the class that was, well, last semester, they, they basically, there was no curriculum for it. Um, they came in and they basically got to do whatever they Yeah. The, um, um, you know, classroom was basically, uh, a disaster when it came to, um, you know, classroom expectations and all that, their expectation was to come in here and just have fun. So, um, you know, at, up front, it's reteaching all those expectations. It's, um, teaching routines. I know I I've had to put in routines, um, just for, for taking role routines, you know, they come yeah. in, they do a warm up so that I can take the role. Um, unfortunately I don't like taking role role is one of those not so fun things, um, (laughs) to do. It's, um, I feel like, you know, we have to do it because that's, that's mandatory of us, but I wish we didn't because, uh, it's just something that, you know, I I feel like I could be more interactive with the kids during, um, the warmups. Um, yeah, as so, but you know, it's those routines that you got to put in place and you got to constantly reteach, especially if you're coming into a classroom 
that the kids are struggling with those expectations um, or there was no expectations at all. I know I talked to a girl a couple weeks ago when she was talking about moving into a new classroom as a full-time sub. And, um, you know, she was trying to get some advice on some of the things that she could set in place to help her out. And I mean, it's, it's setting the basics up. Um, yeah. I think, you know, when you're going into a classroom, it is, um, it took me, it took me several hours to, you know, even after school hours to set the basics up for this class. Because if you don't, I, I'm a firm believer, if you don't have expectations um, and you don't have any kind of routines or how you're going to run reinforcements and things like that, it, it, your classroom management is just going to go out the window and you're going to be struggling. So, yeah, those those routines are huge because the kids know what the expectations are. They know what to do. So you find yourself seeing your students already doing what they're supposed to be doing before you even tell them what they have to do. And that really limits down, limits the transitions that they have. And we know when there's downtime and when kids finish work early or they're waiting for you to get organized, that that's when you're going to see some of those behavior problems occur. So being organized as a teacher is one of those things where it really helps with your management because everything just moves so slowly. And that's one of the things that I'm struggling with this year is the past six years when I was in middle school, I actually designed and created my own classes and everything was online, very similar to what you were talking about before where you watch a video of the teacher teaching and then you log in and there are your questions or there's your box where you to write where this year we have a completely new curriculum curriculum and I'm learning it as we go along but I haven't been as organized as I have been in years past in years past I could Mm -hmm. open up a book know exactly where everything is that I'm going to use and have it in a matter of seconds where now I pull something out and for example, today, the curriculum called for us to open up to a page. Well, the page they told us to open and the excerpt they told us to read, they gave us the wrong page. So it took me two, two and a half minutes to find the correct page for, for us to read, for us to continue with that lesson. So routines and expectations and, and having structure are huge as, as a teacher for, for running a successful classroom. You couldn't be more right about that. Oh, it's, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's like, I know I'm all my, um, and it's it, what, what I'm struggling with, like right now is, you know, we have a 45 minute time period for each period. So it's like where I, I struggle is when I create the lesson, I almost have to break that period down and say, okay, this is going to be the first five minutes. This is going to be the next, you know, 10 minutes. This is going to be the next 20 minutes. And then I have my ending routines and things because um, otherwise, if you, if you don't, then behavior problems start arising. Even, even if you have the best classroom management skills. Yeah. The, the one thing that I always look at my classroom, I, 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 you know, I've been trained on all the classroom management and behavior and all this stuff, but, you know, even as a 
um, uh, moving into a classroom and, and seeing that I've, I, you know, I've observed so many different teachers and classrooms and it's just, you gotta be like a scientist when it comes to your classroom. And, and I feel like you gotta, you, you gotta look at where the weaknesses are in your class, where the strengths are in your class and constantly monitor and, and test things out um, so that you can hone in on what actually works um, in the classroom for the, um, your, your routines. I mean, it's as soon as those kids come in, if you're unorganized with the, um, the, the warmups and it, it's like kids automatically, there's a behavior problem, right. That occurs like right out of nowhere. And it, it can happen within like two seconds. So, um, it's definitely one of those things that I, I feel like routines and expectations and, and, uh, you know, reinforcements and, and, and your typical basic classroom management skills has to be there um, in order for you to run a successful classroom. Yeah. And it, education, I just think in the 14 years I've been in it has changed. And I look at how I've changed. I mean, my, my first couple of years, I thought I could come in and I could be that drill sergeant and not smile and teach and teach and teach and just stick to the curriculum and everything was business. And it wasn't as much fun for me because I, I enjoy having fun. I I enjoy a good laugh. And um, also it really wasn't as enjoyable for the students as it could have been. And as, as the years have gone on, you start to, joke a a little bit more and you start to let yourself down a little bit more and you start to show your students what type of person you are and also they don't assume that you're that teacher that lives at school and and you, you know you let them in on on your home life and your family and and it it creates that relationship where they feel comfortable talking to you about things and you feel comfortable sharing sharing things with them and and i think i needed to change my mindset and and how how i went about things and it it made a more um, creative environment and it made more of a, a positive environment and i i feel i have not had to yell or raise my voice in in the past couple of years at all where my first couple of years, it seems like that's all I was ever really doing was raising my voice or, or yelling. And, and it was just going in one ear and, and out the other ear where when I had an opportunity with somebody who was struggling just to, and just to have a conversation with them. And it's funny, you pull somebody out in the hallway or somebody struggling, you know, sit to them and you start having a conversation not even related to the problem that they're having uh, their ears perk up a little bit and they start to think is everything okay with this teacher um i just threw my books off my desk he comes and sits next to me and he asked me if i saw the three-pointer steph curry hit last night to win the basketball game what's wrong with this person so exactly exactly and it's just building those relationships i mean uh, like I can tell you, as soon as you start calling that principal down to get that that kid, um, you know, the, these kids that, that are the problematic students, they've seen everything that's been thrown at them over the yeah. years. 
by the time they get to sixth grade, I mean, they are like, you know, veterans when it comes to visiting the principal's office. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that if we can start trying to switch over to, um, you know, building that relationship and, and it, it's, it's something that it has to be done. Um, I know it, it can be very frustrating up front. Um, but, um, you know, even, even with all the tools and everything that I know, um, there, at times it tests me. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's not as easy as what people say it is when you get up and, 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 you know, listen to all these people talk about, um, classroom management and how they have everything set up. Even when you, when you have everything set up. There's always going to be things that you're going to have to tweak here and there, yeah. or you're going to have to test out. Um, so it's 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 as when teachers understand this, um, you know, it's it's always trying to get better. Even yeah. even if you think you are the best of the best, there's still room for improvement. So you're you're exactly right. Even even if you're the best of the best, um, you have always got to improve you always have to reflect and you can be the best at your craft but everybody struggles at some point and and with teaching it's it's daily you can have a great day you can teach a great lesson and the next day it might completely bomb and you might struggle or with us with middle school and secondary I mean it can change from class to class I, I know something that I'm struggling with is there are are some children that are struggling with some mental health issues and you can be the most equipped, best teacher, have the most engaging lessons, do the most fun activities, be the funniest person in the front of the classroom to keep them engaged. But if they have a mental health issue, then it really all depends on what's going on with them that day or what's going on with their illness that day to see how, how the day is going to unfold. And that, that I think has been a huge shift and a huge change is it seems like there's not a lot of services for those kids out there. And then even those teachers out there that are, that are having to deal with this uh, daily. So that's, um, yeah. And, and and definitely, um, definitely, I know working within that industry, it's 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 really tough, um, especially when you are the one providing that program, that type of program for those students, and and you you got like fifteen to twenty students, and they're all within different classrooms, and you don't have a whole lot of help trying to, um, you know, manage those students. It can be really difficult. And I know, you know, um, with your typical classroom management skills, you know, if you have students that are having those outbursts um, daily, then, you know, I know we sat down several meetings. I mean, I've seen some of the in most intense behaviors that have gone through schools and and you, you got to sit down and figure out, OK, we've tried this, this, this and this. And, you know, our next thing is maybe we need to go to more of a self-contained um, environment and, and, and test that out. I yeah. mean, it's a constant because you got to show um, you, you got to end up showing that you are trying everything yeah. within the school that can what the school can provide that child. So but, you know, if it gets to more intense, 
always say, you know, that's, that's the intervention that that child needs. And if we have to go above and beyond or more intensive intervention um, than what the school can provide, uh, you know, if it gets too extreme, um, we have residential that I know some of over the past years that we've had to send some students to residential treatment facilities. But I mean, those are, I mean, you've, you've tried and you've exhausted every thing you can possibly try at school before you go to that. So, um, you know, with, with behaviors, I know, cause a lot of people will reach out and ask about those type of things. And, um, you know, it, it's tough, especially, you know, I, I tell them, is this behavior, are, are these behaviors happening daily within your classroom? I mean, are they so extreme where it's a safety issue for the entire classroom environment? Um, I mean, you're, you're right. You, you're, over the years, there is a change. I mean, we, we have resource officers within the, the schools now that are trained in the uh, mental health area. So it's, 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 it's getting bigger in the uh, awareness category. I think what we're still struggling with is trying to get um, more people or more help yeah. um, to, to, to be able to um, be successful um, within that area. So, um, no, I, I definitely know where you're coming from. Um, you know, I, I've seen it. I, I've, I've experienced it. And it can it can really, really um, – you know, be intense in the classroom if that's what you're dealing with. Uh, but I always tell people if that if you're seeing it, definitely you need to get in touch with your behavior specialists um, on on the campuses. Um, one of the biggest things that I always say is if you are having a student with um, a behavior intervention plan, you need to make sure that you are getting trained on that behavior intervention plan because as a teacher you know, you haven't been trained in that area. Yeah. And so that kid's coming to you for the, the, the new school year. Um, definitely, definitely read those behavior intervention plans. Definitely read the, um, all the paperwork that's provided and um, reach out, get, get the training, um, get the help so that, you know, you're actually being very proactive in that area. And I, I don't know if it's more because I know teachers don't. I think I, all the areas that I've observed, I think teachers, um, you know, sometimes some, and, and I even feel this way. Sometimes when you got a principal that walks into your class, you're just like, I, like you, you start feeling negative in a way. Like, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? And yeah, and I think, you know, we we as teachers want to be the superstars and, and 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 think that we know everything. But, uh, you know, there's times we don't and it's OK to ask for help. Like, that's yeah, that's that's uh, that's the that's what you have to do to build your skills. I mean, it's 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 failing forward. I mean, you fail and, and you learn from the mistake. So, um. yeah, that that failing forward, that's a good motto. That was our, our district's motto to our teachers uh, last year was we want to we want to fail forward. And the whole the whole mental illness thing, it's it's just a awful situation 
for everybody involved because I, I know where I'm from, uh, we're public schools. So we, everybody's entitled to a free education and we give them that and we give them a great education, but it's frustrating because the money and the funding is not there to bring in some of these behavior specialists that are out there or bring in these psychologists or psychiatrists that are out there. And a lot of times there's these problems in buildings where nobody has the background or nobody's trained on. And then teachers will get frustrated because you'll have these extreme behaviors in your classroom, but then you have to look at the law aspect of it and you have to think, well, what's the least restrictive environment? Well, you have to do these interventions and you have to document and document everything for eight weeks. And then if it didn't work, then you have to try another intervention and you have to document and document and document everything for eight weeks. And if that didn't work, then it kind of keeps going through, through a cycle. And ultimately everybody wants what's best for the kid And sometimes with lack of funding and with lack of resources, sometimes it takes way too long to do what is best for the actual kid. And that's, that's a frustration of mine. I I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's sad when it's, it's taking too long. I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing with the documentation. And that's one thing that I sit down and I talk, I will talk to teachers about it. it. It's a process. I mean, it's, it's uh you know it's it's gonna take a while and and for um for that area i mean you have to have everything documented so that um you know you can move forward with it and it it's it's a way that the schools have to prove the fact that they were they are using everything that they can possibly use to to provide intervention for that particular student um but it's it's something that um i think um it it can get frustrating at times especially for um some of the the classroom teachers um it's especially if they're new to it i've seen where it's it's one of those things i think over the next couple years um i think more and more is going to come out where hopefully we can get more help, you know? Um, yeah. Because there, there's programs out there. I know, um, I know in Texas from talking to school psychologists and things like that, there's, there's definitely a deficit in that area of not a lot of school psychologists are out there. And so, um, you know, their school psychologists are getting contracted out to different schools. Um, and it's, 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 it's uh, something that I think is 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 going to be transitioning, and 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 hopefully, hopefully, you know, the the government's uh, government can provide um, the help that's needed for that. Yeah, um, you would you would hope so. Um, to to lighten things up a little bit, I I, I have a I have a question for you. Um, I've I followed you on Instagram and. I watch your uh, daily stories that you post and I listen to your podcast regularly. I, I get this a lot and, and I don't know how, how to respond to it. So I get the, well, the only reason they behave for you is because you're a man and I'm a woman. 
<laughs> and I, I don't know how to respond to that. And then uh, another, another thing too, that, that I, I want to ask you is, do you, how do you take this um, when, when you're teaching? So for example, my um, school that I'm at and the school I was at previously, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to say that in, in my 14 years of teaching, that my administrators had no, have known that I was strong with behavior management and, and I was strong with, with some of those more difficult kids. And there were times when I taught elementary and I had a class of 24 kids and a new student was coming and they were put into my class to have 25 kids but my teaching partner had 14 kids and mm-hmm. I, I it's it's almost like a backhanded compliment and then I, I think of you know some situations I, I've been in lately and it's like you look at your teaching partner and they will sit they'll sit down they'll give the instructions and every single kid will go do it and then you look in you look in my room and it's like every single student that possibly came in that may have had an issue or may have had behavior concerns in my class er, er, concerns in the past they they put in your class and so you know it's one of those things where it's like i'm glad you think of me that way but what what are what are your experiences with that or or I know, I know, exactly. I know that was I, kind I'm, of a long ramble there, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Um because uh, over the years, you know, I, I I wasn't the the teacher that they stuck the kids in because my kids were within the classroom. So um, you know, it was one of those things where they would they would stick the kid they would stick the kids in the classroom where they knew that the 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 teacher was uh not constantly calling down to the principal's office um was not um the one who was complaining all the time about behavior issues um the ones that um you know, have been there and, and their classroom management skills were, were on par. But again, what is what happens, and this is where I've seen this, is because, you know, um, I think what happens there is it, it goes back to the leadership on the campus is the at this point is that that leader, whoever that leader is, is trying to take an easy way out. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, if, if I'm the principal of the campus and I know you, you have been an awesome teacher over the years, but I know I got a few new teachers in there um, that are struggling. I don't want to stick all the, the kids that have the most intense behavior problems or behavior problems within their class because then they're going to struggle and um, I know you'll be able to deal with it, which is great on your end. That is an awesome uh, uh, compliment. But there's a big but here is where the lack of, of leadership comes in is that these teachers that are constantly struggling, they're not getting the training 
that they need to be able to deal with the, the, the behaviors that come up within their classroom. Um, it's, it, it, it starts becoming a way of where teachers that are, are the ones that are constantly complaining about it or are getting the kids removed out of the classroom. Um, that is where I see where the, the leadership is reinforcing the bad behavior of, of the, the teacher because the teacher doesn't have the skill set. So the leadership needs to be able to provide the skill set or teach the skill set for that teacher because you're going to start having that year and year over and over and over again. And then now, you know, with your class, it, it starts burning you out. So yeah. it's it's one of those things that I feel like as a, as a, a campus principal, um, you know, uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, I would love to, to talk to a principal about that type of subject. So if there's any principals out there <laughs> that want to touch base on that, um, I just know I've seen that over the years. And I, I think I think at the end of the day, it's 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 truly deep down. It's it's avoidance of confrontation. I think that's what it is from yeah. the leadership perspective. And it's just easier to to oh well let me I'm gonna stick him in Nick's class because he doesn't complain. So um that's that's the experience that I have seen with it um over the years. And and I mean I've dealt with teachers that have got really upset with me because they thought that I stuck um, you know, certain students within their classroom and I've I mean relationships have broken because of that. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that it's just, it's very frustrating from where I stood within my particular job. And it's just because, uh, they, the, 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 the expectation that we go in and we have expectations for our students, but sometimes, um, sometimes as principals, they don't want to help hold the expectation for, um, the, uh, the, the teacher, um, because it becomes a big complaint. And my thing with it is, is it's called constructive criticism. That is what it is. It's, it goes back to the fact that, um, I think if a principal is truly playing fair and they are seeing a teacher struggle in that area and a teacher is getting frustrated, um, as that frustrated teacher be open to constructive criticism, you know, um, the, the, the principal is not there to, uh, you know, get rid of you. They're there to be able to train you up and to yeah. um, make you one of the best of the best support. Um, you. Yeah. I mean, it's, if, if you have good leadership on your campus, that is what their job is for. It's not a, Hey, I gotcha. I'm going to go in there and try to find the problem. Um, it's one of those things that they're there to say, Hey, you got a weak point or a weak spot here. Um, these are some suggestions and, and it's just take those suggestions and, and don't, don't think it's something, um, you know, that you did wrong or, or they're against you. And I think, 
I think where 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 we go wrong in that is is because it, it takes a while. I think even for me, you know, my first couple of years into it, I I couldn't take constructive criticism um, because I felt like it was just a, a a negative on my part, and every time yeah. you just felt like you were getting beat down with it. And so it's like, well, then you start getting upset with the principal and then you're just like, well, I'm just not wanted here. And you just go down this negative mindset. And that is one of the biggest things that I struggled with my very first man, like two years in negativity. Um, when you get stuck in that negative mindset is so hard to get out. I mean, yeah, it's you have to you have to avoid those, those coworkers too, that, that are always negative. I remember, you know, one day, uh, a couple of years ago, after the first day of school, I walked by a teacher and said, all right, have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. And her response was only 179 more days left. And my thinking was, if you're already counting down the number of days after the first day of school, yeah, you maybe think about getting into a different profession because this one's not for you. <laughs> exactly, and and that, that's what I like. I I preach to my kids daily. You know, time is your greatest asset, and if you're counting down the days, um, you don't know how long you're you're gifted on this world, and you're counting down down the days. You're wishing it was summertime. I mean, all you're doing is digging your own grave. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you've been in the game 14 years. I've been in the game about 12 years, and I can tell you right now, it, it flies by. It does, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I just, I feel like, um, I think where, where I, you know, and even, and even being able to look in the leadership perspective, it's like nobody teaches leadership skills. Nobody teaches. Um, success skills, um, you know, those are all things that I feel like, you know, for me to learn those things, I've had to read those out of books. Um, I've had to be trained on leadership training. It's something that you just don't come out of school with, you know, it's, and if you're, if your parents never taught you anything about it, you just don't know. And, and I think that's where we're starting to see a transition, especially at the secondary school uh, secondary schools there's these business people are like dude teach these 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 kids like success skills leadership skills because that's what we need when they get into the business world yeah um, and uh, I think you know from that perspective it's just one of those things that um, it's sometimes we focus on uh, like I always say, we focus so much on the state exam that sometimes we forget about other pieces that um, are just as crucial as to the to the students learning as, you know, math and English and reading and all that. You know, it's um, it's 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 big time. I mean, I know we struggle with. Um, when kids are behavior problems and, and it's like, okay, if they're behavior problems and they're, they're frequent flyers to the principal's office, well, I'm like, you know, sign them up for a, a tier two intervention. It's, yeah. it, you know, after a couple of times, like, what are we doing? I mean, you, you keep going back to the principal's office. Obviously that's not working. So um, do we need to go into a, a social skill setting where we're teaching during uh, uh, RTI time? Um, you know, providing them social skills. You know, we teach them, we teach them academic skills during 
uh, intervention time, but we do not focus anything on, um, you know, uh, social skills. You know, some, most of the time, social skills doesn't really happen until, you know, these students get into a behavior program. Yeah. So, And those are, what to jump back to what we were talking about before, I was talking about before, those are those things, those social skills you expect them to know, but they mm-hmm. may have never, they may have never been taught it, or they may have never had that good role model that they've seen have those skills. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I mean, over the years, there's, there's things that I, I see that we can, we as a school can get better, but it always, it always, I mean, it, it goes back to, uh, you know, if you're, it goes back to that top leader, you know, it's, it's yeah. one of those things that um, if your leadership is not providing that um, in that area, um, then it, it is definitely a struggle. Um, I, I would, I, you, you know, you say you're a PBIS school. I think all schools need to be a PBIS school. Um, you know, I've seen so many schools claim they're a PBIS school, but yet there's nothing PBIS about their school, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's one of these things that, um, uh, you know, if you're going to go PBIS, let's go PBIS and, and be, you know, do everything a PBIS school should be doing. So, um, but definitely it's, it's, uh, you know, just like a teacher as a beginning school teacher learns and, 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 and betters their skills over the years, you know, that's the same thing with uh, the schools, you know, what, what are we doing um, that, we could be doing differently to better the school and, and better the, the classrooms within the, the learning environment. You know, I, I know, yeah. I know we can have a debate all day long. On this, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I know I, I was watching my principal, my principal sent me a, 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 uh, uh, a video the other day on how they can better their math skills. And, you know, they had the district, had their math teacher there and then you know they had a math interventionist that Mm. they had come in and and i'm like oh that's great but you know like no offense and i don't want to be negative but you gotta you gotta pay that interventionist to come into that school yeah we don't have an interventionist you know so it 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 is it's it's the if you you got lack of resources how do we utilize those resources to 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 you know better the better uh, the classrooms or the educational environment? And at the bottom line, it's like if that's what you need to make that happen, then um, like you got to hire. So yeah. um, you know um, that's unfortunate side. You know I've never been in control of budget, but. I just I've seen these things over the years and um, it's it's something that there's just weak spots within the school sometimes. And, um, you know, you just got to your leadership and and needs to be able to call it out and and provide intervention. So, yeah, you're uh, you're right. It's it's one of those things, too, where I know the school I'm at, we're very fortunate that we do have a math interventionalist and we do have 
a reading interventionalist, but when you add those positions, something has to be cut or somebody has to take something else on for what you're giving up. And I, I know that you and I would probably be the first to agree that in our profession, it seems like everybody is so stretched thin and everybody, it seems, is, is being asked to do a lot more with less. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's like, you know, one good thing that, that I get to see is, uh, you know, I get to spend four periods a day in a classroom and I was the guy outside the classroom and I start looking at things and I'm like, you know, from firsthand from a, a, a classroom teacher perspective, some of the things that I know I was asking teachers to, to be able to do was like almost like how, 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 like I, I feel, um, you know, like I, I feel bad because I think, you know, in the past I've, I've had teachers do things within the classroom to, to collect data and things where it's just so difficult, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I think it's easier it, when you're not in the classroom, it's, um, it's, it's easier to say things. And I think that's like one of the things that I always did, when um, I, I was going from school district to school district because I was working in a, uh, a co-op and I was I had like five different school districts I was going to. Um, I always I always told the, the person, hey, you are working with this student day in and day out. Yes, I'm here to give you some behavior advice and, 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 and things like that. But you are the expert when it comes to working with this student. You know everything about this student. I just want to know, you know, where you're struggling. I can, you know, observe you. But you're the one who knows this student more than I do. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's, you know, that's the thing is more schools need to listen more to their teachers. Teachers are the ones in the uh, in the, the the trenches, and they're the ones that are 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 the ones that are you know providing that education for those students and and they're the ones um working hard daily and sometimes it's really really easy to to forget how it is when you're running a classroom as to be outside the classroom so um that's kind of where i know we just need to I think we need to maybe talk more to teachers and I think teachers need to just, you know, take a stance and, and, and open up more, you know, some, I, some, sometimes teachers don't want to open up as much. And it's like, you know, uh, you let your administration know what you're struggling with. They're yeah. like, they're not going to get rid of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, don't, and don't. You're right that? about, you're right about people being afraid to ask for help. I, I, I know just recently in the past couple of years, I've had coworkers and colleagues who just in the middle of the year left the profession, quit their job because they were struggling, but they never reached out to tell anybody that they were struggling and it just got to be too much and, and they just quit their job. And, and it, it's, it's hard to ask for help sometimes, but sometimes that's the only way you're going to be able to fix that problem is, is to ask for help. Yep. I mean, that's it. Uh, it's, it's, um, you know, uh, 
you, you gotta you gotta ask for help. And and this is one of the quotes I always tell tell my uh my my kids for every problem there is a solution. Um yep. whether you know it or you don't. Um if you don't know it, you know, reach out and ask for help. I mean yeah. nothing wrong in that. So um but other than that uh, can you man, can you gonna... believe we've been talking for eighty one minutes right now? <laughs> I know <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't seem like it. It's been a it's been a good fun conversation. I've enjoyed doing yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, you know that's one thing that uh, I, I want to keep trying to do is is keep interviewing teachers because you know, like I said, you you all are in the trenches. You're the experts in the field. Yeah, no, I'm 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 new to Instagram. I'm I'm trying to get my ideas out there. Uh, Mister the Manaman, M R T H E M A N E M A N. If I can drop a shameless plug in there, but um, oh uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna share your this podcast out, and I'm gonna tag you and everything. So, awesome, and uh, I I will do that. I'll do that as well. But yeah, I, I started this uh, Instagram thing and. And um, thought I had some had some good ideas, and I, I came across your podcast. And I, I jokingly, you were asking for topics or what, or if you should do another podcast on this. And I think I responded only if you have only if you have me on as a guest, and you got back to me. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw Thanks that. I was like, let's 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 do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any any time that that you can talk shop or talk education with other teachers from, from all over the country and pick their brain and, and share your ideas with others. It's, it's always a great thing. And I know, um, I, I still think, um, with the struggles that I've had in the past and, and some of the, the down points about teaching, I, I still can't picture myself doing anything else. I, I love my job. Um, I, I don't picture it as a job. I enjoy going to work. I enjoy those those interactions with students and and staff and and I'm I'm glad I I, I picked the profession that I did. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. It's it's been awesome. It's, like you said, time time flies. It's it's been 14 years. I I it just seems like just yesterday. I I can remember my first classroom where it was. I can remember that there were 16 students. I could probably still recognize all of them today. I'm not sure if I could remember all of their names, but it goes yeah. by fast. Yeah, it, it, and it does. And that's I mean, it's it, it's that's why I don't like when people rush. Like, oh, I wish it was Friday, man. It's Monday, man. Like. <laughs> enjoy the monday yeah <laughs> like uh i mean you know i get it and, and i understand it it gets it gets hard at times and, and the frustration is real um but i think for most it's you know the frustration's there because you know deep down that there there's a solution to this problem yeah and you just gotta keep fighting and and, and figuring out what the solution is and sometimes it can get frustrating um, and that's that's why uh, one of the things with this podcast is I'd like to interview um, anybody who everybody on, um, you know, uh, anything they do within the school setting. I mean, you know, you you teach uh, ELA. I, I'm not an expert in ELA, but I'm sure you have some golden tips and and, and, and nuggets that you work in the ELA area that, uh, you know, 
ELA teachers across the world can take from. You know, it's like, oh man, he's doing that. Let me let me try this. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm the be I'm the I'm the behavior guy, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that, that's my expertise. But when you start talking about, um, you know, ways that you can possibly make things better for a certain um, subject area, then, uh, you know, that's awesome material right there. That's, that's stuff that I can't talk about, but, you know, you can, we can definitely sit down and have podcasts about and, and, you know, it, it helps people out across the world. Um, and that's yeah. what's been so interesting about this, this podcast is, uh, you know, I, I do get to see the, the statistics and things like that. And it, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I get people from Europe listening and, and, and all, all across the world. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, definitely, uh, man, it's been a great talk and, um, your advice is going to, um, you know, reach teachers across the world and, um, I hope, hopefully, you know, they take some, some advice from this podcast and I appreciate, uh, you coming on and, and, and talking shop. So thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. I feel like we had a successful first date and maybe we should have a second date, huh? <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I, I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, definitely. Um, we can, we can talk more. Um, what we'll do is we'll just, I'll, I'll keep in, uh, um, we'll, we'll just think of certain subjects and things yeah. like that. Um, cause I definitely enjoy talking, um, you know, to other people, I, I've mostly talked about myself and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, today it's like you, you just kind of feed off each other. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're talking about that subject and, and I, I know exactly where you're coming from. And so it, it, when you, when you have somebody else come on and talk, uh, you can really um, start uh, honing in on some of the, top expert advice out there so yeah. i really appreciate your time today and definitely um I'll, I'll be contacting you about some other podcasts that we can do for sure thanks josh i appreciate it and just like you said you said earlier um we we had an outline of things that we were going to talk about and we were going to discuss but the conversation was so real and it flowed and I don't even think we got to a fourth of, of what we wanted to talk about. And we've been talking for about 88 minutes. So, uh, yeah, so thanks, exactly. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Uh, us teachers, we appreciate what you do with those social skills in the trenches. I mean, so I, it's funny. Some teachers will say that social skills class, that teacher only has eight students in their class. Well, you want to say to them like, yeah, but you realize that those might be the eight most difficult kids in the school that they have <laughs> all in one room. So be happy yeah, that yeah. they're doing those things. Yeah, exactly. So but, hey, you know, we never touch base on detailed lessons that uh, can prevent problematic behavior. So let's save that for another podcast for sure. Let's do it. All right, Nick. Well, it's been an awesome time, and uh, you have a great night. You too. Thanks a lot, Josh. Have a good rest of your night. All right. All right. See you. Bye. bye. If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them, send them a text message, a DM, an email, put it on all your social media platforms, and tag me at Hardcore Behaviors. 
Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.